This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to this week's Non and Ever podcast. I'm Jamie Smith and joining me today are James and Jordan to talk about Saturday's 2-1 defeat at home to Reading Burnley's unbeaten run came to an end. But there were positives to go over and we will talk in detail about those as well Tendai Derek was got his first goal for Burnley there was a debut for Joey Barton too but ultimately Burnley just got off to a poor start and there were two goals down in the first 10 minutes and were unable to bounce back from that um, James it was sloppy defending which has been quite unlike us this season yeah no it, it wasn't good at all I think it's very disappointing because I think Michael Keane does really well just before he, he gives the ball away he, he seems to I think he takes down at least. I've not seen it back again, but the you know the strikers up against both himself and Duff, and he seems to manage to take it down. And then he goes to clear it and sort of just brushes his foot over the top. And I mean, after that, it's an easy chance to score. And um, obviously, the second one sloppy as well. And apart from that, we seem to dominate the game, which is why it, it's so disappointing that it's you know two poor goals that have at the end of the day you know made us lose out on the any points. We talked a bit last week, didn't we, about how we've not really had control of the midfield. Um, but there was a stat came out after the game. I don't know if you've seen it. Apparently, the games where we've had the most possession, we've actually lost. Yeah, I've seen that, and it's it's an interesting one because um, you know I think we all know that the promotion season we definitely didn't play sort of possession football. We tended to mainly work on harrying people and, and playing that way. And it looks like you know that's like the key to our success, really, in that possession is maybe not something we want too much of I've, I've seen a few people complain that when we hold possession we, we slow the game down too much and that could be the case and it might just be that you know we work better when we're having to pressurise off the ball and, and then we can break quickly once we get it Jordan Burnley have been getting good results without playing that well, was it just a case of that catching up with us a little bit, Reading are a good side, they've been on a good run won a few games in a row yeah, I think so. Um, I think we've we've started the season very much in second gear. I, I still think there's a lot to come from us. and I think um, the defeat on Saturday maybe highlighted that to Darch. Maybe we do now need to sort of step it up and really find you know, a third or fourth gear. Um, I think it was a blip more than more than anything else. Um, you know, the, the, the first 10 minutes were very un-Darch-like in the, in the sense that we conceded those, those two goals, particularly goals of that nature, which was disappointing. Um, I think second half in particular was a much more Darch 
Dyche-like performance. But um, you know, as you as you were saying earlier about the the possession stats, we we got over sixty percent possession and just couldn't really make it count. So as as James suggested, maybe when we're playing without as much of the ball is when we're at our most dangerous. Um, I think we we missed um, Andre Gray up front. Um, I'm not, you know, trying to make excuses, but I think sort of his running, uh, his his work ethic, and his harrying would would have helped us. But um, you know, Reading set up well; they were organised well defensively, uh, and you know, they hit us on the counter for the first goal, and it was sloppy defending on our part for the for the second goal. And by that point, you know, the, the game, all albeit not over, um, was always going to be a boom mountain to climb. But um, as I suggest, I think it's just a one-off, and uh, I expect us to bounce back uh, on Friday. We talked last week, James, about Andre Gray's injury and how we seem heavily reliant on him already. Um, Dash went for Ruin Hennings. How did you feel he did? Um, Hennings seems to be a weird one. This is obviously the first time I've, I think I've had a you know really good look at him, um, where he's been the sort of the focus of the attention. And he's he's not built like a, a Vaux or a Duke, and he's not quick like a Gray or an Ings. He's kind of like half of each, and I'm I'm not really sure what what sort of to expect from him as a result. And I thought he was he was quite disappointing, but you know it's, it's still early days. I think really, isn't it for you know guys come from a a different country to come and come play in the championship, and you know it might be that there's more to offer from him, but he he definitely didn't seem to to be too impressive. And I, I thought there was a chance that he really should have got on the end of on. Uh, on Saturday, Michael Carty did a lot of good work, I thought, in the first half, and he, he got a low ball in across the box, and Hennings just seemed to get caught the wrong side of his man, um, which is one of those ones where, you know, if you had someone like a Charlie Austin, you'd, you'd fancy him to get into position and, and get on the end of it, but, you know, they might have been a little bit of shirt pulling as well from the defender, so I, I'm not going to hold it too against him. If there was one big plus point to talk about, it was, of course, the, the debut of Joey Barton, alas, the debut of Joey Barton, we talked about Barton, playing some part for the last few weeks on the podcast actually and finally it was time for him to shine and he changed the game really didn't he James he gave us something extra in midfield yeah I mean he looks really really good on the ball um, you know and I think the thing is you know I've said it before Arfield and Jones it doesn't seem to really necessarily work as a tandem I don't think it's necessarily what they do individually as centre midfielders but it's what they do as a sort of a pair um, but I think Barton and, and Jones you know, definitely look good. Uh, the only thing I'd say about points is he seems to drop back maybe just a little bit too much. Comes back for the ball quite a bit, but he does obviously then get forward again in the end. And you know, his passing was sublime, and it was, um, you know, it was really a, a marked improvement to be honest on the ball in the middle compared to, I think, Arfield has a tendency of picking the ball up and running with it until he finds his pass. Whereas, I think Barton's got a bit of a better idea what he wants to do with it before he gets it. I think that that's the key, really, isn't it? Barton coming into the side, it frees up Arfield to go back out wide. Um, Arfield's had a couple of decent games in midfield this season, but I think generally I, I don't really rate him in that position. I still don't think he's much better on the wing. Um, Jordan, with Barton coming into the side, do you think Burnley are going to change the way they play at all, or will Barton fit in quite well with our style as it is? Um, I think he can fit in well with our style at the minute. Um, originally, I thought that he and Jones might be a touch too similar in the sense that they're both very good passers of the ball, um, but they don't really offer tons of drive. But um, I'd like to think Barton could be more of a box box midfielder. And as you say, it um, it frees up our field to move out wide and 
as we saw for his, his goal for um, sorry his assist for Derek was goal. Um, it was a brilliant cross, and um, you know he does perform better out wide. But I think it can work. I think he can can slot straight in. Um, obviously, when Marnie comes back from injury and he's sort of fully fit, then it then it gives us you know a bit of a conundrum in midfield because we've got three then very good central midfielders. But um, I can't see why 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 um, he can't work in that midfield. I also think, as well as tactically, I think psychologically it, it gives everyone a boost as well. Having that player, a player of that caliber, coming in with that sort of reputation and, and ability and the experience at, at both top level in, in England and France. Um, I think it gives everyone a boost. So um, certainly, I think psychologically, it, it can sort of it lift everyone and improve people. And and um, yeah, as well tactically, of course, you know, it can be a, a big plus point. You know, I think at, at what thirty three years of age, you can still maybe drive the ball, um, you know, and and really give us a box to box option. Um, so yeah, I think it can work. We'll we'll preview Brotherham at the end of the show as we always do. But do you think? Barton will be in the side, or do you think he'll be coming off the bench again? Um, I'd like to think it's not, but um, Darch is obviously quite set in his ways. It's sort of with regards to personnel and who's starting. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he did start on the bench. But I think, as I suggest, um, both tactically and psychologically, uh, Barton is could become a very important player for us and, and give everyone a much needed boost. So I think it sort of makes sense, you know, now that he's had that first taste of football at Burnley. Uh, I think it makes sense to sort of naturally um, starting for the for the Rotherham game. Um, I wouldn't say we've particularly been lacking of, of batting midfield, um, but you know it, it can sort of you know firm up that area and really give us that extra edge. So um, yeah, I'd like to see him start, but whether he does or not is a is a different question entirely. Okay, we'll have um, Reading fan Matt's going to join us a, a little bit later on the podcast. Um, we, we were all a bit like dying by Derby not that we wanted them to play well but we all expected a bit more from them last week I think and although Burnley defended very well and nullified their threat they didn't really create that much albeit they were without Tomins and Darren Bent uh, James how would you rate Reading in terms of the teams that we've seen so far this season they've started the season really well and a bit of a surprise package almost yeah I mean they clearly got some goals going for us and um, you know they took the chance as well and obviously, Ollie Norwood in the middle of the park was a, was a cracking player, to be honest. And, um, you know, they seemed a good package. The, I thought the defence was good. Um, you know, I think both full-backs, you know, did a decent job, even though, um, you know, I think maybe they posed a few difficulties by Carter. He looked very lively on, on the day. But, you know, they, they kept the strikers quiet in the middle, and, and I think that's what they were probably looking to do. We we talked earlier about Burnley having a lot of the possession. Was it just a case of not having that cutting edge up front without Gray then? Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair to say. You know, Gray seems to he's um I think he's the type that, that works for his chances, doesn't he? And um, you know, we seem to be missing someone who can do that because obviously that's not Vaux's way, um, and it doesn't seem to be what we've got from Henning yet either. Joining us now, we've got Matt from the Reading FC website, the Tylerst End. Um, Matt, good result for you all, lads. Try not to, to gloat too much, but you must be <laughs> delighted with your starts to the season. It's been absolutely fantastic. Surprise package, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I mean, especially last season, we had such a difficult time. And this season, we were still struggling for goals at the start, but suddenly it's all come together. And um, I think Turf Moor is one of the more difficult grounds to go to. So to get a result there really is huge. And hopefully it kickstarts our season. We seem to, to give you a two-goal head start, really, but you you still got to take those chances, and you must be delighted with the way you shut the game out after that. 
Yeah, again, it, it, we played a bit like that at Bristol City the previous week. Um, we go in there, seemingly blitz everyone in the first 10 minutes. And then with Paul McShane at the back, we seem to be so much more solid and we can afford to sit back a little bit more. Um, I, think I don't think did... anyone has ever said that about Paul McShane before. Uh, he, he has been our star player so far. I, I mean, he doesn't seem to be a Premier League player, fair enough, but he has been an absolute rock at the back. But, but I mean, we rode our luck as well. We had a couple of goal line clearances. I honestly thought one of them might have gone in at one point. Um, and perhaps any other day, we might not have got that win, but, but it just seemed to be our day on Saturday. We were talking earlier, and uh, there's a really strange stat from our point of view that came out. Apparently, there's only two games this season where we've had most of the possession, and we've lost them both. Um, so you must have sorted up quite a bit of pressure in the end. Yeah, well, definitely. the um, Just after Joey Barton came on, the five-minute spell after that, and that was when Burnley got their goal, we were really pretty much in our 18-yard box for the entire time. And again, at the end, um, they were just pushing up and up. And we seemed to have everyone in our box. But it seems to be something we're suddenly able to do is soak up the pressure. Um, I don't think we've had the majority of possession in many of our games this season. So it's something we're starting to get used to a little bit. And how do you feel about how the season's going so far? Steve Clark's a good manager, isn't he? But I don't think many people were tipping Reading to be top six. I've got to admit, I had you down as relegation candidates, so that just proves how much I know, very little. <laughs> yeah, we, we were all worried about relegation, but suddenly, I mean, the last week of the transfer window, I mean, we'd already bought in decent players, but it just sort of kicked up a notch. The players we bought in, like Lucas Piazon, Ola John, Matty Vidra, you can't imagine that in the Championship normally. Um, I don't know how he did it. But you just think we've got to be up there. Um, it's it's a bit weird. I can't remember us being this good for a long time. Even the year we went up last time, we were pretty average. So um, I don't want to jinx it, but I would I'd still be happy with sort of top eight this year. Those additions are that sort of quality that you could probably you could probably take most teams in the bottom half, couldn't you, and put players of that quality in, and it it would turn them into contenders. You've made really good signings. Yeah, I, th- I think it must be Clark's connections um, because going forward, as I say, we really struggled in the past and suddenly the players we have bought in um, it is a big bonus. And it's bizarre. I think only two or three of them we actually paid a fee for. Um, so you've seen it with a few other teams in the past, you know, um, that if you bring the right players in and it clicks, that can be good. Um, but at the time, you know, we were war- more worried about uh, financial problems. So... I just think it's been such a boost to us. Um, we've bought most of these players in on loan and and that we've been able to head up the table as we have, really. I've got to ask you about Ollie Norwood. Burnley lad, Burnley born and bred, constantly gets linked with move stores and there was a couple of people have said that if he'd had the chance to come to us at one point, he'd have jumped at it, but it's just never seemed to have happened. He's doing a good job in your midfield, though. Yeah, well, when he first joined from Huddersfield, we'd um, we'd heard a few sort of negative reports from them. They were saying he's a bit lightweight and he might not have made it. But the first game he came in, you know, he hit a fantastic pass and we thought, this is something we've never seen before. Um, <laughs> Someone and, hitting a pass. <laughs> well, the, the sort of crossfield ball he did, you know, 40 yards, it looked like he'd miss it at first and just suddenly found someone. It's, you know, like a Paul Skull sort of ball. And in the championship, you don't ever get that. Um, and he is a little bit lightweight. Sometimes he's closed down, but... He started to add some goals, and then the clearance you, you saw against us on Saturday is suddenly he's a new player this season as well. Um, but also, I think he, I must say he must love to play against Burnley because didn't he score a great goal for Huddersfield up there a couple of years ago as well? I think so. Yeah, I think he, he must. 
It's weird because obviously the manager's changed in that, but he's obviously felt like he, he should have been a Burnley player at some point. He obviously wanted to play for us and it's just not happened. So he obviously feels like he's got to show us what we're missing and he's probably got family in the crowd as well and seems to pull out his best performances against us. Yeah, yeah, I noticed at the end of the match he was um, he was looking in the away end to try and find his parents. Um, I've spoken to them once after one of the games before and and they um, they travel down, I think, for every game. So it means a lot for him. And uh, I think it must be important for those, for the parents as well, you know, they they were probably from Burnley as well. And to see him play up there, even if it was a one-off, it would have been a dream come true. So, um, yeah. It's a strange one. I think a lot of Burnley fans like to see him doing well, even though he's, he's never played for us, just because he's from the town. There aren't many people who've done well from the zone it's quite strange um, Burnley weren't at the best on Saturday but we were without Andre Gray of course were you expecting a bit more from us though? you must be surprised at how easily Reading were, were able to win the game yeah well I thought they looked like probably the best side we've seen all season um, I did think they were very very unlucky to lose and I think had they been a little bit more prepared in the first 10 minutes defensively it would have been a completely different game um, obviously Andre Gray going forward might have added another goal which would have changed it but I thought that fullback is it Dariqua was probably the star player um you know he, he did everything and he gave us real problems down the wing and I, I'm not being funny I don't want to try and boast but I think there's very few teams come up against that will have that early blitz in the game um so if you're able to play like you did on Saturday against other teams I think you will get the wins and that's you know the bread and butter of the season isn't it is getting your wins at home and then heading on from that Positivity on the run and having a podcast from a Reading fan, so that's not useful. <laughs> um, do you think you're going to be able to keep up this start then, or is it going to be a case of, of dropping down the league? It's it's a long season, isn't it? But you don't want to peak too early. It's a difficult one because we had um, three or four injuries on Saturday. We had um, Stephen Quinn injured, we had Matty Vidra injured. Um, Orlando Sol suspended. So we were sort of down to a few of the players that wouldn't always be in the first team as well. That was my big worry, was how we would cope without the first team players. So it looks good, but at the same time, we are relying heavily on Nick Blackman as well to get the goals. If he drops a little bit of form, you know we could just about struggle. So it's it's 50-50. I'd be happy with the top eight finish this year, and I think we should do that. But as you say, we don't want to sort of fall apart like Nottingham Forest do every year. <laughs> or Derby, or one of those no, exactly. things. Yeah. Exactly. Well, best luck for the rest of the season. Well, hopefully, um, you'll still be below us. <laughs> <laughs> best luck, but not too much luck. That's Matt from the Tireless then. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Okay, looking ahead to Friday's game at Rotherham then on in front of the Sky cameras again. Despite the fourth time already this season, they seem to be loving us. A lot. Um, Rotherham have had a difficult start to the season, but have shown signs of improvement under Steve Evans. Of course, they're always going to be combative. Um, there's that Roses Derby edge as well. The Yorkshire Lancashire games have always got a bit of extra to them. Um, Jordan, it's not going to be easy, is it? But this is the sort of game that you look at and think we've got to get three points if we're going to be pushing for top two or even top six at the end of the season. Yeah, exactly. Um, Rotherham haven't really sort of set the league alert since they came up uh, last season, but um, I think they'll be scrapping for points because they'll want to obviously avoid relegation. Um, I think it'll be an even more interesting game now that Evans has, has left today, of course. Um, so there might be that air of unpredictability about them, but um, you're exactly right. 
Rotherham are exactly the kind of team that we should be beating if we're being serious about promotion this season. We've got the personnel, and I think, you know, in a way, maybe the defeat on Saturday could help us in that respect. You know, we've got something to bounce back from. Um, you know, we've got a win, uh, sorry, a defeat to sort of pick ourselves up from and, and try and go again, and I'm sure we'll do. Um, I can't see us losing again. I think we're much sort of in the, in the mindset now to, to, to push on and get another win and maybe go on another nice little run like we had uh, prior to the Reading game. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, on, on paper you'd say that we're, we're the stronger team. We're in the, obviously in a better position. Um, Rotherham have had a, a little resurgence of late, but um, I can't see that being sort of uh, sustained for too long, if I'm honest. And um, I can see us going there and having a tight game, a cage game. Um, as I alluded to, I think Barton would be, be good at... Um, you know, in the middle of the park on Friday. So, yeah, I think it's one we, we should be looking to win. Um, and One of the things the Burnley did well two years ago, James, was bouncing back from well. disappointing results, wasn't it? It was very rare that we went a couple of games without a positive um, result. When, whenever we lost, we seemed to come back and do really well in the next game. But with Evans leaving Rotherham, even though they won the last two games, that does add a little bit of extra for them, doesn't it? All their players are suddenly playing for their place and they've got something to something to to prove to whoever's going to be next. It does, but sometimes these things can work both ways. So, you know, you never know. It might be a might be a benefit for us. And, you know, sometimes when teams are trying too hard that... And t- talking about the team, we, we, Jordan was talking earlier about Joey Barton. Do you think Barton will come into the side or do you think it'll be the same again, again? I mean, I think I, I've been seeing the way he changed changed the game on Saturday. He's, he's got to start, but um, I'd be concerned if Arfield started on the wing instead of Carty because I think Carty's you know had a great start to the season. You can't really fault him, and I think if the you know if Hennings gets on the end of that ball on Saturday, you're talking about Carty's had a great assist, and you know he started well, whereas George Boyd's been a, a bit disappointing though he did improve actually on on Saturday after after the sub so. You know, I think there's a bit of a selection headache there on what to do when, when you bring uh, Barton in. But, I mean, I, for me, I don't think you can drop Carly on current form. We we talked a bit last week, didn't we, about potentially George Boyd playing off the striker. If if Gray's going to be un- unavailable again, I don't think it's it's clear how long he's going to be out for. Would that be an option, perhaps, Boyd playing off folks, or would Boyd need someone more mobile to play up front with? I definitely think that's an option to be honest. You know, you can you can probably do, you know, the running. I don't think he necessarily needs someone more uh, mobile. You know, when you look at Fox's hold up play, it probably works really well for for Boyd being able to to work off that. Okay, we always end with predictions on the podcast then, so we'll do that and then round off for this week's show. John, we'll come to you first. Then you seemed quite positive earlier on. Are you backing Burnley to bounce back? Yeah, I expect us to. Um, I think, as I, as I alluded to earlier, I think it'll be a tight game. It'll be a, a nitty game, a nitty gritty game. Um, you know, Evans leaving certainly uh, makes it a more interesting one. Gives it another edge. Um, I, I don't think they'll have a new manager in place for then. So hopefully, there won't be a case of new manager syndrome where teams tend to pick up. So um, yeah, I expect us to to go there and, and probably grind out a two-one win. I think. We'll hopefully have live tweets uh, on Twitter, as always, uh, at Known and Evernet, if you're not able to, to get to the game or watch it on TV as well. Um, James, give us a prediction. You're always quite positive in your prediction. Sure, you're going to give us a, a bonus three points, are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for 1-0, a, a tight one. 1-0? That's negative yeah. for you. 
You're going to get yeah. tellies off off Twitter for that. Too negative. Only predicting a 1-0 win. <laughs> just squeeze it. I think it might be a bit cagey. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, Friday night, of course, this week against Rotherham. Um, a team towards the bottom of the league. But yeah, with Evans going, you never know. You never know. Could be a strange one. Um, so that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks to James Jordan and Matt the Reading fan who joined us a bit earlier in the programme as well. We'll be back next week, but thanks also to our sponsors at Neville G. We couldn't do this podcast without them. If you've got any feedback or if you want to come on the show or tell us how we could do things better or tell us how great we are, please do get in touch. The email address is podcast at knownanever.net or you can tweet us at knownanevernet. But that is it for this week, so thanks for joining us. Goodbye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.